Hello and welcome to another episode of Arrow Chapter and Verse. This time I'm talking about Supergirl Episode 2, Season 2. I did that backwards, it should be Season 2, Episode 2. Uh, the Last Children of Krypton. Alright, so this starts with, uh, it's essentially a happy-go-lucky team-up between the two Kryptonian cousins. Uh, they're basically flying around solving problems, uh, putting out fires, stopping robberies, Taking care of an alien, which apparently they didn't they didn't have in the, the budget. They couldn't they couldn't show that fight, but it happened. Uh, while everybody at the DEO, well, not everybody at the DEO, where where uh, while John Jones and uh, Alex Danvers are annoyed at the fact that they're basically I don't know skipping along through the air. They're not they're flying, but it's that sort of thing, you know. Just sort of you know, it's it's a nice summer day, and occasionally picture them just walking and laughing, and you know, occasionally punching somebody who's doing something bad. Um, so, uh, there's, uh, there's a bit of, um, bit of a kerfuffle at the DEO because, uh, Supergirl isn't following protocol with Superman. John Jones and Superman have a problem because John keeps kryptonite in case there's a Kryptonian problem. Superman is like, well, yeah, but what's this, what's, what are you going to do? Like, use it to kill me or Supergirl? And John's like, I just need to protect the planet, and there's a there's logic on both sides. It's you know it's it's the reason that Batman has a kryptonite ring, and it's like Supes, you're a good guy. I like you. I trust you, but the problem is that there's red kryptonite, and Supergirl went on a rampage. And goodness knows uh, we don't want that to happen. Nobody's discovered blue kryptonite, which um, of course uh, basically ne negates the effects of red kryptonite. So no nobody wants to do it, but in case we have to might be a good idea to have some kryptonite on hand. Superman, of course, as I said, doesn't see it that way, and henceforth, or hence the problem. Uh, then, uh, Supergirl goes to work as a reporter. Cat Grant introduces her to her new boss, uh, Snapper Carr. Snapper Carr is an old character. He was sort of the the teenage human sidekicks sort of filling the, the Rick Jones from Marvel position, and they called him Snapper Carr because he snapped his fingers a lot. And at one point, he actually had the power to teleport by snapping his fingers, uh, but that's a story for another time. Snapper, in this case, is a uh, middle-aged, uh, grizzled, I might say, veteran of the news industry. He does not like Kara. He does not like the fact that she doesn't have a background in journalism. She hasn't gone to journalism school. She hasn't worked as a reporter before, and he feels that she is entitled, right? Uh, and we're going to see this at her first day uh, at her new job, where he basically says, you don't have a chair. There's no job for you. Please go away. At which point she goes to Cat Grant, and Cat says, uh, look, what do you want me to do? Swoop in and fix this? You need to own this sort of thing and fix this sort of thing yourself. And we find out that Calista Flockhart is essentially leaving the show, at least as a regular, because when we moved to CW production from CBS, we switched the, uh, we switched the studio to Vancouver. Calista Flockhart lives in L.A., does not want to fly to Vancouver all the time. At least I think it's Vancouver. I'm pretty sure it's Vancouver. Um, it could be, as in the Highlander TV show, the fictional town of Seacouver, which is half Seattle, half Vancouver, and uh, all in all a terrible show. Don't... This is a bit of a tangent, kids. Don't don't watch Highlander. When I was, when I was a young lad, uh, I saw a few episodes of the Highlander show on TV, and I thought it was good, so... One of the things I did when I was older and had money was bought all six seasons of it. And then I started watching it, and it was real, like, freak of the week, you know, for all the things that immortals are supposed to be rare. There was a new one every week for Duncan Cloud to kill, 
or interact with in some other way. Usually it was the killing. Uh, and then uh, I forced myself to watch all six seasons, and it's uh, it's bad. It's it's real bad. So learn from my example. Uh, don't watch Highlander. Um, you could say, Seth, have you learned from your example? You're watching a bunch of of trash TV, and I would say, well, um, shut up, is what I'd say. Uh, moving on. We saw last time that John Corbin, the assassin, got turned into Metallo. I don't know that I discussed that in the last episode, so I'm sorry. But uh, John Corbin got turned into Metallo. So what they do is John Corbin always gets wounded in some way. In this case, uh, Lena Luthor shot him twice. And they put a big hunk of kryptonite in his chest, give him a cyborg body, put his brain in it, and now he's Metallo, who is powered by kryptonite, can shoot kryptonite beams from the kryptonite chunk in his chest, and is a walking uh, Kryptonian death trap. That's what he is. The uh, the woman who is in charge of Cadmus uh, says the Kryptonians tried to kill you, which is stretching it a bit because they didn't. Um, but she, again, has a real mad on for aliens, thinks they shouldn't be here, thinks that humanity is in danger because uh, one day the aliens might snap and decide to rule us all as kings. And, I mean... Sure, maybe, but it's not like we're doing uh, a super good job um, keeping authoritarians in check when they're human. So uh, it's kind of like, I, I understand why you're worried, but uh, a bunch of countries still have the bomb for some reason, so perhaps you worry less about the aliens who are flying around trying to be helpful and more, as a DEO does, about the aliens who are flying around actually trying to conquer things. I don't know. Uh, so then back at the DEO, Cadmus does this thing. Uh, they they hijack all of the broadcast signals or the satellites or the somethings, and their message goes out on every channel. Hi, we're Cadmus. There's an alien menace, and we're here to protect you from it, whether you want that sort of protection or not. So Cadmus was once a... It was a governmental organization. It is now uh, completely rogue. It is a terrorist organization, and it is not the cuddly Cadmus from the comics, which features the clones of Guardian and the Newsboys, and of course, uh, Superboy 2. Uh, Con L, I believe, was uh, Connor, and uh, so Con L was his, his Kryptonium name. Um, so anyway, there's uh, there's that. There's, there's what's happening with Cadmus. Um, so... Metallo shows up uh, as a uh, a jumper. Um, they they go to fight him. They they get beat a bunch. Uh, we find out that somebody hijacked a shipment of kryptonite. Uh, that you know John Jones didn't bother to tell either the Kryptonians that some kryptonite is missing, um, which is sort of like you know it's like trust me with this kryptonite. Oops. It's it's sort of arrow level secret keeping at that point, but that sort of gets uh, brushed brushed over. Um, so let's see what else. Oh right, Superman flies to the Fortress of Solitude to have his robot analyze trace elements on his hands that he got from punching Metallo. We find out Metallo is made of Prometheum. We're back at the DEO. Wynn is going to figure out where that Prometheum is because it has a particular heat signature. They find out where it is. Uh, they basically determine that Metallo is on his own. Superman and Supergirl fly out there to get him. Uh, 
they start, they commence the punching, and Metallo's like, but if you're here with me, then you are not with him in Metropolis. Uh, because, unfortunately, uh, the lab tech in the illegal biological chop shop slash torture chamber that Metallo was created in uh, was forcibly turned into another Metallo by the woman who leads Cadmus. Um, so, you know, it's not, it's maybe not the best anti-alien organization to work for. I'm, I'm sure there's others that are that are probably somewhat nicer to their participants, but this is not one of them. So there's another Metallo in Metropolis. Uh, they go to deal with that. There's some drama at home. Uh, Alex feels resentful of Superman. Uh, Kara is talking about leaving National City to go to Metropolis so she can be closer to Cal because basically he's the only one who really understands what it's like for her. And she doesn't, she doesn't get that in Nashville city. Uh, Alex gets really upset and is like, Hey, um, you know, like I have dedicated my whole life to kind of taking care of you. And now you're sort of throwing that away and throwing it in my face because um, you've got a cousin. It's, it's one of those things where, uh, much like on Veronica Mars, they're sort of both right and both wrong at the same time. Like, you can understand Carr's viewpoint. He's the only other Kryptonian survivor except for the unconscious dude. And, uh, oh well, and of course the uh, criminals that tried to take over the Earth. And you can understand Alex is like, but, you know, we have this relationship and I've sacrificed so much for this relationship and now you don't seemingly want this relationship. So it's a, a bit of the old, um, <coughs> excuse me, a bit of the old emotional tension, um, which is kind of nice. Uh, it, it, it's, it also doesn't feel as, as heavy as that kind of thing would on Arrow. It doesn't feel quite as, as, as forced to the level of, you know, like German melodrama. Um, so it's, it's nice to see it handled in the manner that they handle it on Supergirl. Um, okay. So now uh, Alex and Wynn uh, figure out that there's a way to determine who is the mole in the DEO and who stole the kryptonite shipment by using a Geiger counter to check because kryptonite is, of course, radioactive, although apparently that radiation does not harm humans. It's sort of um, Lex Luthor did have to cut off his hand at one point because he wore a kryptonite ring uh, in the comics, but that's a story for another time. So they figure out who the mole is. Kara says, hey, mole, or not Kara, sorry. Alex says, hey, mole, why don't you take more kryptonite to a different place uh, and then catches him as he is about to do it. Uh, and while she has him with his hands up, she's like, now you're going to tell me everything. And he says, no, I'm not. And somebody shoots him. And it turns out it's a woman from Cadmus who has brought heavies. And there's this conversation uh, where Alex sort of defiantly sticks up for Supergirl and is like, and you've got my dad and I'm going to come wreck you. And this is, you know, this is what's going to happen. And the woman from Cadmus is like, all right, heavies, why don't you kill her? And they try, but she beats him up. And then there's running through this warehouse and they're shooting at each other. And there's a gun battle. And Alex is actually doing really well against two guys who are bigger than her and uh, who, you know, of course, together, since they have two guns, she's only got one gun, 
Um, but she's doing a pretty good job. Uh, she's got one of the guys, uh, she winged one of the guys with a bullet. He's down. She's fighting the other guy. And then the guy who was winged gets up, points a gun at her right as Supergirl crashes through the roof and interposes herself between the bullet and Alex. And then, of course, they beat the two guys handily. And Supergirl goes, wait, Cadmus thinks we're divided because they've got the two Metallos in the two different cities. But what if we brought back up? So John Jones and Superman tackle the Metallo in Metropolis and Alex with uh, some Kryptonian battle armor that the bad Kryptonians gave her to use to fight Supergirl last season, um, fight uh, original Metallo John Corbin in National City, and uh, John Jones basically phases through Metallo in Metropolis and yanks a chunk of kryptonite out of his chest, and then Alex uh, throws a pipe through the chunk of kryptonite in the guy in National City, and that ends the kryptonite menace. Um, Carr shows up to work and throws 500 words uh, with quotes and sources and annotations about the two Metallos onto Snapper Carr's desk. He reads it reluctantly, says, don't waste my time. She says, fine, I'll go to somebody else. And he says, I don't like you and you don't like me, but by God, I respect you. I mean, something like that. That's not really what happens, but it's, I don't like you. Uh, Carr responds with, I don't like you either. And he's like, but you should come back tomorrow because maybe I can teach you something. So it's, it's, it's sort of that, that's, that is the trope that's playing out uh, between these folks. And of course, I'm sure they will grow to respect each other and perhaps even like each other by the end of the season. We shall see. Um, there's a scene where Supergirl says goodbye to Cat Grant. Uh, I hope they still do the balcony thing because it's kind of like Boston Legal and that was kind of a cool part of Boston Legal. Um, but Cat uh, Grant's out on the balcony. She's leaving. Supergirl comes by and says, you know, don't basically don't be a stranger. Cat uh, Grant says she'll be back. But who knows? Um, Jimmy Olsen. Oh, uh, before I forgot, before Supergirl uh, confronts Snapper Carr, we find out that uh, James Olsen is going to be taking over um, Catco, which is a big, big step up from um, being the the layout guy, I guess, the the photo editor or, or whatever he was. But, you know, there you go. He's he's still on the show, at least. Um Oh, I forgot. Yeah, uh, Wynn made kryptonite shields for Superman and Supergirl based on the Kryptonian technology. Of course, since he had to work on it, he's from Earth. It's big and, and clunky and is more easily damaged than basically the little gizmo that um, the bad Kryptonians were using in the first season. But uh, that is something that they have now as they have anti-kryptonite technology. Uh, and then John Jones is like, here you go, Superman. Here's all the kryptonite that we have in the world. It's surrounded by lead. I uh, hope you do the right thing. And Superman takes it and flies back to Metropolis. And I assume I actually didn't see what he did with it. I'd have to go back. I don't think he destroyed it. He might have hit it somewhere. But uh, basically, it's like, okay, we trust each other now. Everything's good. And um, uh, let's see. Oh, right. Uh, Superman promises that he's going to do everything he can to find Jeremiah Danvers. So, of course, the, the big bad this season is obviously going to be Cadmus. That's how that's going to work. Um, and then Supergirl, uh, what does she do? Oh, right. She is visiting the Kryptonian uh, and the DEO who's unconscious. And she's like, you know what? 
I know what it's like. Uh, I'm going to be here for you when you wake up. Everything's going to be fine. And then the machines start beeping, and he wakes up in a frenzy and grabs her by the throat, and that's where the episode ends. Now, some things I didn't mention before in my review of the first Supergirl episode, but I have mentioned in connection with other episodes, is I like the, the nods that they do to other TV continuity, right? Uh, John Wesley Shipp on The Flash is the big one. But I should also mention that Dean Cain appears as Jeremiah Danvers in Supergirl. At least he did um, on the season when they were on CBS. Now, I'm less excited uh, by Dean Cain because Dean Cain is prone to retweet right-wing conspiracy theories, although I believe that when confronted and shown that it is, in fact, a bullshit conspiracy theory, he has at least on one occasion deleted that tweet, unlike Kevin Sorbo, that anti-Semitic son of a bitch... Um, but that is probably a discussion for another podcast, except that uh, I, I will opine that Kevin Sorbo is cray-cray, um, in addition to being anti-Semitic, so there you go. Uh, so I'm less excited by Dean Cain um, because of that. I, I will say the other thing that I thought was hilarious in episode one is that Cat Grant's assistant is Miss Tessmacher, and you might remember uh, Miss Tessmacher from Superman 2, uh, with basically Luther shouting, North, Miss Tessmacher, North! Uh, so I'm I'm excited to see what they do with Miss Tessmacher um, on Supergirl, and I, uh, I'm crossing my fingers that maybe, just maybe, Otis will show up, and we'll, we'll have the pleasure of seeing a Luther's bumbling sidekick as well. Uh, so that is it for this episode of Arrow, Chapter and Verse. As always, I hope you enjoyed it, and I will see you next time.